morning, church. Morning, Emily. It's a great day. Uh, Carol and I are up here to uh, share some thoughts for communion, and it's along the, the theme that Ryan was talking about, loving God and loving your neighbor, and really what it means to us. And um, to me, it's a, a great opportunity to kind of share our hearts and what we're thinking and what we hope to achieve in the, in the new year. But uh, I want to start with a prayer first. God, we're, we're grateful uh, to be here this morning. We're grateful to be family, um, an extended family here worshiping you and encouraging one another. And God, I just pray that we can really uh, understand the spirit of Jesus and the, Jesus and the example that he set and that we can um, really uh, focus on him, his sacrifice, and uh, just your love for us and, and making all that happen. Um, we're great, grateful for your patience, your mercy, and your grace. And pray these things in Jesus' name. I want to read from uh, Matthew 25 this morning, um, really as a precursor to, to what we're thinking about as far as our goals um, in, in loving God and, and loving our neighbors. And uh, it's the uh, parable of the sheep and the goats in Matthew 25, and verse 31. It says, when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the Father will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance. The kingdom was prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did you see a stranger and invite you in, see you as a stranger and invite you in, or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on the left, Depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave, nothing, gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes, and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison, and you did not look, look after me. They, uh, they also will answer the Lord, When did we see you hungry or thirsty or stranger, or needing clothes or, or sick and, and in prison, and did not help you? He will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for those, uh, did for one of the least of these, you did, 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 did not do for me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. Carolyn, want to share something? <laughs> Um, so Pat and I, um, when we were after we met with our group and we're like, you know, we want to share something that's like really on our hearts. And typically, you know, you guys probably know we're about hospitality. We love having you guys over our house. Probably any one of you could find where I keep the pack in my home. Like you know my home really well. You've been in my kitchen. We've had dinners or Thanksgivings, and um, and I, I count that as like an honor. Like that's family. And so hospitality is something that we love. Like Pat and I want to build a family we didn't have, or you know, biologically. Like we want to build a family where people can come in, and so many people have done their laundry at our house. Like so many college students have come over and just slept for the entire weekend. Um, like our home is your home, and so hospitality, in some sense, is kind of easy for us because it's fun. Like who wouldn't want to have you know a house full of people? Except for in pandemic. <laughs> um, and to be honest, that's kind of changed a little bit, like my feelings about hospitality. Now it's a little harder for me. I have to be like, okay, you know, I've got to just wrap my own mind. It has nothing to do with people coming. It's all in my head. 
and I just gotta like feel comfortable with looking at home and trusting God. So when we were sharing about this, Pat has one thing he's gonna share that's a little different than what I want to share, but yet together they really come together. And mine was nourish. That's my intention for this year, both personally, physically, to help me regain some of my health. Um, there's a bunch of autoimmune stuff going on, and so my intention is to nourish myself. The foods I eat, or the foods I serve people, um, and then another word kind of popped in my head is like savor. Like when I'm with my family, like really be intentional to really savor what we're doing together, the conversation we're having, like really being intentional, and not just like trying to eat and you know flit around here and grab my kids and do this and make that. Like no, just. Jesus really wanted to enjoy the moment with people. So I'm asking you guys, like, think about, like, what happens at the table when you're either eating with your family or you're eating with friends or your roommates or spouse. Like, what happens at the table when you're eating? Conversation. Yeah. <clears throat> conversation. What else? What happens during that conversation? I'm assuming you guys told your own. Connection. Connection. Exactly. Connection. There's that sense of unity. It's like building trust. Um, you know, Jesus had so many meals. Like, obviously, he he ate all the time. He ate every day. But, um, like, other than the wedding reception, other than the last meal, other than feeding, you know, sitting with disciples um, around the lake, other than feeding 5,000 plus people, he engaged all the time with Zacchaeus, Martha, and Mary. Like, he was constantly, when he was eating, he was serving. He was giving. He was connecting. And that's the kind of home, whether I'm having lunch with a coworker or we're standing there eating out of, you know, our Tupperware at the microwave, you know, in, <laughs> in the teacher's room. Like, I want to make every one of those connections count. And some of the other scriptures Pat's going to read really remind me that the kingdom is really inclusive. No one's left out. Everyone's my neighbor. Um, everyone should feel a sense of belonging, whether we know them really well or not. And in fact... When they leave, they should feel like they belong, like that's their family. Um, yeah, just listening, sharing our values. It's a stress reliever for our children and for our teens. Like, just be able to talk. Like, we don't have to have the answers. I certainly don't have all the answers. But just to listen. And I think that that's, like, I truly believe Jesus was an introvert, and I think that those are the connections that he had with people, was those one-on-one conversations. Everything he did had an impact, but um, I'm far from Jesus. I'm working towards that. That's my goal, to be more like him. But that's my intention for this year, and that's my action, is to make every one of my interactions around the table and in conversations really nourishing. As we try to encourage the church to love God and love your neighbor more and more, um, I think we need to figure out what that really means. And... uh, for me, the, the word of the year for me is uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And um, because the whole concept of loving God is pretty easy, but the concept of loving your neighbor is not so easy. I was sharing with Peter that um, when we moved to our, our new place three years ago, whatever, I really wanted to focus on being a good neighbor. So the uh, woman who delivers our mail came up to me and said, I've been trying to get your neighbors to get all your mailbox on one platform so they're not different levels. So I volunteered to the neighbors, I'll, you know, if you guys will help me with the materials, I'll build it for us. And um, you know, I bring the neighbor's trash can in because we have to haul our trash cans all the way down to the road. We can't just put it in our driveway. So I was trying to, trying to do neighborly things and, 
And it's been tough because I haven't got a really good reaction from it. I've got um, some kind of petty other reactions. And so I was telling Peter that, you know, I'm doing these things, but my heart's not there. I'm not being a good neighbor of my heart. I'm doing mm. good neighborly things. And so uh, as I was reading um, the parable of Good Samaritan, Luke, <laughs> um, inside joke, sorry. Um, <laughs> I won't read the whole scripture, but it, but I've, um, I've committed to also reading uh, the Bible in a different translation because those of us who've written, read the Bible um, over and over again, there are times where we're reading and it just, it's so natural that we didn't even listen to what we're reading because it's all in the head. And, and so I, I've been reading through the NAT and uh, in the NAT, the, um, um, the, the parable of the Good Samaritan goes on and it addresses the concept of helping someone who's wounded on the side of the road that the teaching of law didn't, but the Good Samaritan did. And then Jesus asked the, after telling the parable, he asked, um, which of these, which of you, sorry, which of these three do you think became a good neighbor? And it dawned on me that a neighbor isn't about proximity, and it's not about geography. It's about wh- how what we decide to do for others. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've had a lot of neighbors in our life, um, some good, some bad. And uh, our first house we bought, we moved in. I'm out mowing the lawn, and uh, neighbor flags me down, I shut off the mower, and he proceeds to tell me where the property line is. And I'm thinking, well, maybe, maybe he thinks I'm encroaching. So I, you know, I take note, and then I introduce myself. And uh, so next week, I'm, I'm mowing, I mow our yard along the property line, and then he mows one row over. So there's a strip of grass that's unmowed. <laughs> and so it's like every week, he kept going farther and farther into his yard, trying to get me to mow more of his yard, I guess. Yeah, it was, just, it was just kind of weird. I, just, I don't know what to do with that. And we had uh, so we moved. Yeah. <laughs> we stayed there. That was neighbor to the north, neighbor to the south. Um, probably a couple week, weeks after they moved in, uh, FBI shows up at our door. I think, wow, that's kind of weird. <laughs> he was applying to be a state, uh, state uh, patrolman, and they were doing the background check, and so they have to interview all the neighbors. And uh, so I'm thinking, cool, we got to State patrolman next door, and they had a, a mixed family. I think he had a son, or I don't remember. There was a, a stepson in the mix, and he came to live with them. And he was not not, not a great kid. And one day I come home, and they're in our pool with he and his friends. So it's just it was kind of weird. And then we had a, a good neighbor across the street, the best neighbor you have, because they owned a boat, <laughs> and he bought and sold really nice cars. So he insisted I drive his Porsche 911 when he bought that. And, uh, just one. Yeah, yeah. Just one. <laughs> well, then, then we were going uh, to celebrate our anniversary in Stowe, and he said, hey, I, I got a, uh, um, a sob. Convertible. Yeah. Why don't you guys take it for the weekend? That's a great neighbor. <clears throat> and, uh, and then the state patrolman and his wife broke up, moved away. New couple moves in. I knew, I knew I actually worked with the, the wife um, on some state contracts, so I knew her. good person. Um, seemed like a great couple. They had a, a daughter right around the same time that Claire was born. So it was, it was great until he started uh, losing interest in his wife and his family. And he would go from work to the bars and then bars at home 2 o'clock in the morning, which um, wasn't too bad. He would, he would come home and let the dog out. And it was a true beagle. would not listen to him. And so you'd hear him out there 2 a.m. Elliot. At least he was trying to be quiet. Elliot. And then he'd start counting. 
one, two, as if it was a toddler. Anyway, point is that uh, we, we can't pick our neighbors, and we're not always going to have good neighbors. So it's really in our hearts. It's, it's what we have to decide what we, what we, um, who we entrust uh, our lives and our, 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 um, uh, really our, our friendships and, and uh, our life to. And it's really a commitment. And you're always going to get the right reply. You're always going to get a good neighbor back. But that's what, what, what Jesus was teaching is that you got to do the hard things. And so this year, I want to commit to doing uh, comfort things. We used to go to the St. Joe's uh, once a month. Uh, it was a retirement home in, in the uh, North End. The whole church, not just that. Right, yeah. Yeah, it was a commitment. We, we took all our kids. It was a time where we had more kids in the church than we had adults. And so we, we just prayed all the kids in there, and the, and the uh, folks just loved it. It was the highlight of the week. We always hated going in because it was uncomfortable. We always loved to, be, to see the reaction and the, and the response. And uh, you think about going down, walking down Church Street, someone homeless begging for money, it's uncomfortable. And I don't think we don't give um, to these folks or don't open our hearts to, uh, to them because we don't want to. It's just uncomfortable. It's, it's uneasy. It's not natural because we're, we're comfortable in our own lives. It's real easy to separate our lives from theirs. So I want to I want to commit to the church, and I want to ask you guys to, as well to, to be uncomfortable this year. We need to take care of the needs of the, the homeless, the, um, the kids that are less advantaged. Um, there's there's a whole lot of needs in the city of Burlington, and we need to seek those out, and we need to become uncomfortable in trying to fill those needs. So let's uh, let's uh, go to God and just uh, ask Him for the opportunity to, to be more like Him, to know Him, and to uh, to imitate him, and then be good neighbors. God, we're, we're grateful to, to have the opportunity to, to be in your presence and to um, really be blessed uh, by your love, by your uh, um, just your, your own sacrifice. And God, I pray that we can uh, emulate that, that we can embrace that, we can enjoy that, and uh, knowing that as we as we reach out to others, that we as we help others, that we're uh, more like you, and uh, that we are pleasing to you things to, to, to make you smile and make you laugh. God, I'm, I'm just grateful for this church and uh, the hearts uh, that you've molded, and I just pray that uh, you continue to, to melt and, and mold them uh, as we uh, look to, to uh, really uh, carry out your will. God, we're, we're thankful for Jesus, his sacrifice, and I pray that we can focus on that and be, be grateful for that and really be humbled uh, by that. I pray these things in